Will Michael Harris and Spencer Strider have some setbacks in their sophomore season with the Atlanta Braves? That's one of the bigger storylines to watch during the 2023 season. We'll discuss that one and some others on this episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can also check out my writing on the Atlanta Braves over at Braves today. Follow me on Twitch as well. Had a lot of fun over there doing a watch party of USA and Japan. What an amazing game that was. What an amazing at-bat. It was at the end of the game with Trout versus Otani. That was a lot of fun. So thanks to all those who were part of that stream. And that's what I want to do throughout the regular season as well is uh, jump on stream as I play some MLB The Show and watch Braves games. So if that sounds fun to you, make sure you follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash shortstopball. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest storylines for the upcoming season. And I have a lot of them. We're going to talk about some today, and then I'm going to cover the rest of them on Thursday's episode. So if you have some storylines that you don't hear me mention today that you think are worth talking about, make sure you let me know in the comments below on YouTube or on Twitter. And we'll just I'll, I'll give you the Twitter responses on Thursday's episode. But these are going to be my some of my five biggest storylines for the Braves this upcoming season. And just going back to yesterday's episode real quick, you didn't get a chance to listen to that. Had a really long episode talking about Orlando Arcia, quote unquote, winning the shortstop job and some of the reasoning behind that. I also wrote an article over at Braves today as why I think the Braves made that decision. So if you haven't checked that out, I know it's a hot topic right now. And, I, you know, I had some very passionate discussions on that in yesterday's podcast you know, just being a fan in me and letting some of that come out. But I thought a lot of it was justified and I thought it was good conversations. But um, you know, also have the article on Braves today as well that I think thoroughly and better maybe explains why the Braves did it, even if you don't agree with it. And I don't know that I fully agree with it, but I think we do kind of understand at least why the Braves made that decision. But I'm sure we'll talk about that some more a little bit later in the podcast. Again, today's episode, we're talking about the biggest storylines for 2023 and the one that I've titled this one with is how do Michael Harris and how do Spencer Strider back up incredible rookie seasons I mean one and two in NL rookie of the year and you everybody mentioned sophomore slump and I see Brenda Graves in the chat saying sophomore slump is a misconception it doesn't exist it's a term that justifies second year slump most rookies perform well in their second year bearing an injury yeah I get that but I think there is something to it in baseball, maybe not so much in other sports, but in baseball in particular, because the more you play, the more data that another team has on you, the more they're going to adjust to your weaknesses. Almost everybody in baseball, or I will say everybody in baseball has weaknesses. Even Mike Trout has his weaknesses and those are going to get exposed just more over time. So the more Michael Harris and Spencer Strider are out there, and you know, out, out there a lot last year. Now teams have that video and they've seen them in person. 
and teams are going to adjust to that. And that's why I think sophomore slumps are or can be a real thing in baseball. And plus, those two were just outrageously good last year that even if they did take a step back, they would still be above average, really good players. So I think it's certainly something to watch. You know, do pitchers adjust to Michael Harris, who's had some struggles against left-handed hitters? Is he more of a or left-handed pitchers rather? Is he more of a 750, 780 OPS player, or is he an 850 OPS player like we saw last year? Again, even if he's somewhere in between there, still a really good player. You know the defense is going to be there. You don't really worry about that. And one thing with Michael Harris that doesn't really concern me with him having a sophomore slump is the fact that you know he was up a good bit last year and he got out to a hot start and then some people may not remember he struggled a little bit that second month he was not nearly as good offensively and perhaps that was the league starting to adjust to him and then he clearly made the adjustment back because he won two more uh, rookie of the month awards after that so I think we've already seen some adjustments for Michael Harris he's going to have to continue to make adjustments most baseball players have to continue to make adjustments throughout their career but still, I think even if he takes a step back, he's still going to be an above-average hitter, and we know he's going to be elite defensively. For Spencer Strider, I think the question is, does he have to start to incorporate a third pitch? He dominated last year solely on a fastball-slider combination. Do we see him have to mix in that changeup a little bit more? Do hitters start to adjust to that curveball? Do they start to recognize it a little bit more? Do they catch up? to that fastball last year hitters just couldn't catch up to the fastball it not only was being thrown in the upper 90s but it had extra life on it as well so that's what i watch for with spencer strider this year can he continue to dominate with that fastball slider which i talked about the article on uh, the interview that he did where he said you know those are two really good pitches for me why would i not continue to throw those until hitters show they can hit it so i think he's going to come out of the gate continuing to throw those two pitches but if hitters adjust and they start to hit those better or see them better, is he able to go to a third pitch to keep hitters off balance and still be effective? And if you listen to me on here, you know how much I love Spencer Strider. I'm not worried about him in the least, but that may be an adjustment that he has to make. Or are both of them just really that good? And that's maybe where my bias is going right now. But I just think Michael Harris and Spencer Strider are that good. Again, if you listen to me on here, you know I think Strider's going to contend for the NL Cy Young in 2023. If not in 2023, I think you certainly will over the next several years. And I think Michael Harris is going to be a gold glove winner. And I think he's going to be a, a 780, 800 OPS type of player. So I, I'm not worried about them, but I do think it is a storyline to watch because they were just so good last year. Is that really who they are? Or do we see the league start to adjust to them a little bit? Another storyline that I'm watching is what becomes of the rookie pitchers, you know, sticking with the young player theme and the two rookies you had last year with Harris and Strider, who somewhat came out out of nowhere. I know Strider was, you know, had a brief cup of coffee with the Braves in 2021, but do we see that similar thing with Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd? Do either of them stick in the rotation? Whoever wins the job out of spring training, are they suddenly a, a rookie of the year candidate once again when the Braves, when many people thought the Braves couldn't have one this year? Does the odd man out get traded? I think that's another interesting aspect of this as well. If whoever takes off and grabs hold of that 
rotation spot, do the Braves possibly trade the other one to make an upgrade somewhere else, whether in left field or perhaps shortstop? Uh, I think that's an, an interesting aspect to think of it as well with Schuster and Dodd. Or do both look good enough and do the Braves like them enough that both of these guys are part of the future rotation for the Braves, which I think is very likely as well. So, again, uh, another storyline that I think is going to be very compelling to watch what happens with Schuster and Dodd. Do some of the other pitching prospects in the system start to to jump them? Um, do we see, you know, do we see those young guys start to really make big strides? So I think those are going to be the two for this year, certainly to watch Schuster and Dodd. But I am curious to see, do one of them stick in the rotation or do they have their struggles and need more development time at AAA? Um, so really curious to see what happens with Schuster and Dodd because they've looked so good in spring training, but apparently spring training stats don't matter depending on what the position is. <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens with Schuster and Dodd this season, but I think that'll be one to watch for sure. Several other storylines to watch that I want to talk about. Ian Anderson, the rules changes, and are there any more extensions coming up, including one Max Freed? We'll discuss those here next. The NCAA tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Hopefully, your favorite college basketball team is still alive. Then you can bet. Uh, then Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Also, if you have a gambling problem, please visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I mentioned yesterday's episode, we talked about the decision to go with Orlando Arcia at shortstop. I gave some uh, very passionate thoughts and opinions on that decision. On Monday, we looked at prospects who could be traded this upcoming season. Uh, so you want to go back and give those a listen tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to continue talking about some of the biggest storylines for the upcoming season, including that battle at shortstop and who is the long-term solution there. And then we'll do our regular mailbag episode on Friday, last one before the regular season. So that will be a lot of fun as well. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves on YouTube. If you are not, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Continuing these storylines for 2023, the next one for me is, do the Braves make any more extensions? Made a lot of them last year. Do we see any more this season? I would set the over-under on extensions this year to one and a half. I don't think we see quite as many as we saw last year, but I do think we see at least one, two at most, obviously with the biggest of those possibly, possibly being Max Free. Now, I'm of the mindset, I don't think they're going to extend Max Freed. I wrote an article about this on Braves today uh, a few days ago, if you want to go check that out. I think something like, a, you know, the example was given, there's an article in The Athletic who said six years, $144 million, where he's making $28 million a year over four free agent years. I think that's a solid deal, and I think that's probably market value for Max Freed, who the Braves have another year of control of, and then he's going to enter free agency at age 31. I think $28 million a year is probably fair for Max Freed, who's 
finished top five in the Cy Young in two of the last three years. He's in, he's a true ace, in my opinion. I think there are still some Braves fans who don't believe that, but in my opinion, he's an ace. Will Alexander and the Braves be willing to give him that? I, I doubt it. Uh, I've been saying for a while now, I think Max Fried goes to free agency. I think he signs a huge deal with another team. Maybe somebody gives him a seventh year, maybe even an eighth year with the way contracts were this past off season. But I do think those talks perhaps happen and maybe we do see a deal. I, I doubt it. What if Kyle Wright has another strong season? Does he become a potential extension candidate? I think he's one solid option. I had this on my list before what happened with the shortstop position, but if Von Grissom proves to be the guy at shortstop, if he goes down to AAA, he makes the strides defensively where the Braves feel like he's going to be the guy, do they extend him? So again, if I had to set the over-under, I'd put it at one and a half. I think there's at least one extension done for the Braves in 2023, and I would bet on Kyle Wright being that guy if I had to make a bet on who it would be. I don't think that bet's over on FanDuel, but you can go check it out. But are there any more extensions for the Braves in 2023? Certainly something I'll be looking out for. The next one is Canny and Anderson get back to form. I think it's a obviously, you know, a big year for Ian Anderson after a disastrous 2022. Doesn't look any better when he goes down to AAA last year. He becomes an afterthought and then doesn't look great in spring training. It's gets demoted halfway through. It's it's been a rough time for Ian Anderson. I've gone on record and saying I still think it's there. I think it's possible, but clearly has some things he needs to work on. And I think if he doesn't figure it out this year, then maybe he gets dealt in the offseason. Maybe he gets dealt during the season. And he, he gets a change of scenery and tries it out somewhere else. But again, I think the Braves have given him several pretty good looks now. They hung with him for far too long last year, in my opinion. I think it's a make or break year for Ian Anderson. He's got to start making some changes and figuring some things out, or I don't think he's going to be around much longer with this, this Braves team. So I think that is certainly something to watch. I believe he is out of options now as well. I apologize for not looking that up ahead of time, but I believe he is now out of minor league options. So that makes him, or no, I apologize. He does have one more option. So Braves wouldn't have to get rid of him this year, Fangraphs is showing him with two options entering the 2023 season. So, you know, once the season starts, that'll get updated. He'll have one option left. So, you know, Braves could still theoretically keep him next year, but just for long term success, future with the Braves, I think this is a big year for Ian Anderson. We need to start seeing some type of improvement for him. And again, if he can, if he can make those changes, I think he can still be a big part of this rotation long term. And then my other big storyline I wanted to talk about today, and again, I'll have some others on Thursday's podcast, but how do the rule changes in balance schedule affect the game? And I also wrote this before there was an article about um, Rob Manfred, apparently on Wednesday morning. So when probably when you're listening to this or after you're listening to this, it may be announced that there's going to be some tweaks to the new rule changes. Nothing's really been said about what those tweaks are. I got to imagine they're very minor. I would not be surprised if they increase the time for the pitch clock when there's no runners on base. I know that's something that players have asked for, and I think it makes sense to either bump it up to, to 18 seconds, maybe even 20 seconds. But I think that's something we probably see. I don't see them you know, 
changing any shift rules or anything like that. I don't see them, you know, changing the size of the bases. I think those are there for good. But I think if we do see any rules changes to the rules changes, I think it's going to be that the pitch clock gets bumped up a little bit. I think that's fine. I, I haven't even noticed the pitch clock since those first couple of days of spring training, which is exactly what you want. But that is going to be something key to watch for teams this year is how quickly do teams adjust to these new rules. And I think that could give teams a big advantage early on the teams that are able to adjust to it and not get, you know, the ball or strike against them for a pitch clock or batter clock violation. I think that's going to be pretty huge. Who benefits the most from the shift going away? Do the Braves have more hitters that benefit from it and fewer pitchers that are hurt by it? I think that could be a, a big key to watch as the season goes on as well. Cause I don't think anybody fully understands right now how these rule changes are going to affect them. So I think that's something you're going to have to learn throughout the, the year. Does does that change the type of player that the Braves and other teams target? Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be something I'm, I'm curious to see this year. And then, and then do the Braves benefit for the balanced schedule and not having to play the Mets and Phillies quite as much, getting to play the AL Central teams more. So that's something as well I'm just excited to see, maybe more than anything, that we get to see – the best stars coming to Atlanta more often. We get to see every team play every year. I think that's going to be an exciting change. I think it could also be a benefit possibly for the Braves who play in a really tough division. So those are five of my top storylines. I'll have five more tomorrow, and then I'm going to get your response, Twitter responses in there as well. So if you haven't, make sure that you hit me up on Twitter or on the YouTube comments. Let me know what your biggest storyline for the Braves is in 2023. All right, next, got just a little bit of news. It was an off day on Tuesday, so not a lot coming out of Tuesdays. Um, but talk about that and get to some of your chat comments as well. Everyone's always looking for a great fantasy game to see how they would do as the GM of a baseball team. I've heard many of you who have a lot of opinions, including myself, on what you would do if you were the GM of the Atlanta Braves over the last 24 hours. Well, now you can do that with the Ultimate Pro baseball gm mobile game this lets you manage your own professional baseball franchise to try and build and win a world series champion manage every strategic aspect of your team play through the season and lead your team to glory you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff managing team finances scouting and drafting players navigating your franchise through through free agency dealing with difficult personalities all the ups and downs of a season it's all a challenging and realistic game world app at ultimate baseball gm that you can download completely free and you can play it offline play it on the go as you want when you want to locked on hosts currently have a season going we're competing against each other it's getting uh, very intense over there some big prizes on the line here so it's been a lot of fun so you want to check that out make sure that you go to probaseballgm.com download the ultimate baseball gm app to start your dynasty today and locked on braves listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So again, to download the game, just go visit probaseballgm.com, scan the barcode, or look it up in the app stores. There's an off day on Tuesday for the Atlanta Braves, but they'll be back in action on Wednesday, and it will be the spring training debut for Michael Soroka. Don't call him Mike. Michael Soroka. He's set to start Wednesday against the Tigers. I haven't heard an official pitch count for Soroka, but I got to imagine it's two innings max or 30 to 35 pitches, something in that range. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Look for that. 
we won't see Acuna back on Wednesday. Hopefully we get news that he's at least back in camp and that we see him on Thursday. As I know Snicker said he wanted to get him in the lineup on Thursday, so it'll be good to have him back in camp. And then I wanted to mention this news about Paul Bird. I briefly mentioned yesterday that he and Brian Jordan would not be returning to the Valley Sports broadcast crew. Paul Bird announced on Tuesday why that is the case, saying that he's stepping away because of health issues with his wife. So certainly sending prayers and well wishes his way, and hopefully everything is okay there. Um, but just wanted to further clarify that why Paul Bird is not returning. It's you know it was his decision. He wanted to step away uh, to be there with his family, which is certainly the right call. So uh, again, prayers, well wishes for Paul Bird and his family. Jumping into some of the chat comments here. Um, Brenda Graves, have people calmed down about the shortstop idea yet? I have. Um, I, you know, again, I was I was emotional on yesterday's podcast. Not necessarily mad, but just confused. I think, like a lot of you, I was I was confused because what we had been told by the Braves, what we had been told by the media, was something totally different than what transpired. And so, uh, I think we were all just a little confused and frustrated by what happened, but um, yes. And, and Brenda, if you go to si.com slash MLB slash Braves, uh, that's where you can find the Braves today site and find those articles that I have written on there. And I, I wrote one on there Tuesday, why the Atlanta Braves chose Orlando RC at shortstop over Vaughn Grissom. And in there, you know, I really just detail what I think are the two big reasons why. And I think the one is they didn't want to lose a Ray Adranza, which I personally think is kind of ridiculous because I think you can place Adrianza pretty easily. Um, but I think they really valued that middle infield depth and didn't want to lose him. And then I think they just truly think Grissom and Shoemake aren't ready. And I think they want to, this is what it came down to for me. And I tweeted this out. I think it's never, I think it was a never a competition despite everything we were told. I think the Braves felt comfortable with Orlando Arcia getting the first crack at shortstop to begin the season all along. And I think I think they felt like no matter what Von Grissom did in spring training, that he was going to need to go down at AAA and continue to work on things defensively, which is fine. And the Braves will be fine. But it's just, as a fan, I just feel like we were misled. And I think we were told that it was a real competition when it wasn't. And if it was a competition based on what they did in spring training, which is a limited sample size and somewhat meaningless at bats, against sometimes double triple a pitchers i get all that but we were kind of led to believe that it was going to come down to who performed the best in spring training and von grissom and even Braden shoemake clearly performed better than orlando arcia so it wasn't really a battle to begin with this was what the braves wanted to do from the get-go is they were going to go with arcia no matter what and allow shoemake and grissom to continue to develop at triple a, which is fine. Cause they both have things they need to work on. I just, I felt like we were, we were somewhat lied to and misled. Um, Chris says, what's up? Hey, Chris, thanks for joining. Um, that ball just didn't get out last night on the show. Seems like everything you hit well died at the track. Yeah. I had a rough, rough final game on MLB, the show 22. I could not get anything to go out of the ballpark. Uh, but I bid farewell to MLB, the show 22. I'm ready for the new one. To come out this week. Doc's cards, the grind of the season will bring out the slump and even the best players. Yes, you know, over 162, even the best players are going to slump from time to time. It's how they adjust to that 
and you know how they quickly they bounce back from it and don't let a a four or five game slump turn into a two week three week slump you know even austin riley who was incredible the first half of the season specifically in july really slumped in the second half and he's talked this offseason about trying to be more consistent throughout the year so yes it happens to even the best players james saunders says fantasy league sure aren't expecting a slump can't believe how high strider and harris are going in the drafts i'm not expecting a slump either but i do think it's something worth watching and keeping an eye on miguel Freya, wc is in another level comparing to world series it was a lot of fun look that game was electric um, and it was really fun watching it together with some of you on Twitch. I, I can't wait to do that during the season for Braves games. I thought that was a lot of fun uh, getting to watch some of those together. I obviously can't stream the game, but um, just kind of watching it together and talking about it together was a lot of fun. So, yeah, the, the World Baseball Classic was great. I think it did a lot of good things for the game. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um Hollywood says, curious to know who you are personally hoping they go for. Are you rooting for Grissom or Shoemake? So I said this a couple of days ago, and I stand by this. I think best case scenario is that Shoemake is, you know, an above average defender at shortstop, you know, potentially even gold glove caliber. And that he can somewhat hit. He can hit 260, double-digit home runs, double-digit steals, you know, 320 on base batting ninth in your lineup. I know that's not great. That's not all-star level production, but I think best case scenario, that's what Shoemake is. And then you use Grissom as a super utility player. You move him all over the field. You put him in DH because I think his bat's going to play. So I'm rooting for both of them. I think there's a role for both of them on this team long-term, but I think best case scenario, Shoemake is your shortstop and you just use Grissom all over the field. You start working him into left field. And then ultimately, you know, probably gets a lot of at-bats at DH. So I think the bat's there. Mike Porter, what if everyone has a career year? Come on, Braves, let's win it all again. Would love, love to see that. But, you know, I've watched too many baseball seasons to know that doesn't always work out perfectly. AG7 could be recency bias, but I feel much more confident with the fifth starter options this year than a year ago. I would agree with that. And, you know, I said that coming in, I think, 29 teams in baseball would love to have the quote-unquote problem the Braves have in the fifth starter spot between even Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder, but you throw in what Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster are doing and Soroka as well. I think many teams would love to have that problem. Matthew Brittingham says, Hey, Jake, Rosario finally got another hit. It still doesn't matter because Ozuna and Darno are crushing the ball so much harder than him that Rosario has to be the guy on the bench, right? Rosario is going to get the first crack in left field to begin the year. And then I think it'll be a pretty short leash on him. If he's not, you know, consistently getting his, isn't consistently putting the ball in play hard. I think it'll be somewhat of a short leash, but Rosario will get the start at least to begin the season. Um, also for Matthew, Jake, I think the rules should change just to make sure Max Scherzer can't do what he's doing. Have you seen the videos? He's training himself to hold the ball a long time just to make the batter wait. Um, yeah, I saw him doing that. I also saw a Rays pitcher doing it to Travis Darno the other day. And it, I mean, it is what it is. It's playing in the rules, but it does seem kind of cheesy. So I think they'll probably change the pitch clock a little bit. But if there's a clock, there's a timer. Pitchers are going to be able to do that, kind of stall out hitters. Um, but they may just change when batters actually have to be in the box ready to go. 
Mike Porter Smoltz said tonight that he believes a player's stolen bases will double. I heard that. I think that's probably a little too much, but I would say you could probably add 10 to whatever you had last year. I think that's not, um, you know, too crazy, but doubling it, you know, depends on what you're doubling it from. If you're doubling it from, from five, then yeah. But if you're doubling it from 20 to 40, I think that's probably a little too much. Um, AG7, I could see Mentor getting an extension if he has another great year. That's a good call as well. I think Mentor, you know, would be a good extension candidate. Uh, Brandon Graves, Michael Soroka has no arm issues. I certainly hope so. Be interesting um, to see how he looks tomorrow and how he comes out of that. I'm all, I'm all, uh, Paul Bauer says, I'm all ready to see Michael get out there and see what he can do. I am too. I think it's going to be um, really fun. Hopefully it's on TV. I saw somebody say that Bally's covering it, uh, but hopefully we get video of, of Soroka. Um, Jeffrey Humphreys, how big will Soroka's role be this season? I think it'll be as, as big as it can be. Like I said, I think they're going to slow play him into the season because he's not going to throw 150 innings. So like if he looks good and he's effective and he's healthy, I could see him making 18 starts for the Braves this year. Um, but they're not going to overdo it with him, you know, not pitching in two and a half years. Mike Porter also think Atlanta has an advantage by not having many players than WBC because we have more time with the new rules. WBC operates the old rules. That's a good point as well. And we were talking about that on the Twitch stream tonight. There were a lot of NLEs players uh, in the World Baseball Classic. So maybe that hurts them a little bit and they're kind of slow out of the gate adjusting to the, to the new rules. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'll, I'll try to limit the time on the, the slow mode thing um, next time. Apologize for that. Uh, Marianne, you're ready to see the team play. I hope Grissom gets everything. I believe he will. He will. Um, yes, I, I think, you know, I have no worries about Grissom long-term and I have no worries necessarily about his feelings in all this. If anything, I just think it motivates him anymore. Miguel Anthopoulos is paying more than 22 million. I think he's paying 20, but uh, he didn't want to sign Swanson and Freeman. Plus he traded Contreras. Finally, he didn't give the opportunity to the kids at shortstop. Like, I trust Alex Anthopoulos and what he's doing. The Freeman and Dansby situation are completely different in my mind. Freddie just completely botched it, and his agent completely botched the negotiations there. For Swanson, it was just ridiculous money uh, that the Braves weren't weren't willing to pay because it was way above market value. Um, Matthew says, hey, Jake, if the Braves were always going to go with Arcia, why did they go with Grissom at second instead of Arcia? Last year, it seems that they like RC that much. He wouldn't be on the bench last year. Um, RC got hurt, right? And that's when they called up Grissom. Uh, I think if I remember that correctly, RC got hurt. They, then they called up Grissom, which, by the way, had Shoemaker not gotten hurt, he may have been the one to get called up. So, again, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it played out. RC got hurt. They called up Grissom, and then Grissom had started to cool off by the time RC came back, and then RC took back over that job. Uh, Lex Rawlings, what are your concerns with a little over a week left of spring training? I don't want to sound overly confident. I don't really have um, many or any concerns for the Braves. I, I think this lineup is as deep as any in all of baseball. I think the starting rotation is is set and ready to go. The bullpen, one of the deep in all of baseball. I, I, don't, I don't have many concerns. Now, that could quickly change in the first month of a season, especially with how the Braves sometimes get out to slow starts. But I, I really don't. The only concern I really had coming into spring training was middle infield depth. 
And now we have Grissom and Shoemake both sitting in AAA waiting. Um, then you feel like the middle infield depth is much better. So I don't know what, what concerns I really have right now other than guys just staying healthy. But, um, yeah, I think this team's ready to go. I think it's going to be a very good team. I think it's going to be a very fun season. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Now go make your second listen to Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast where host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia talking about the biggest MLB stars of tomorrow. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send me in your biggest storylines for the upcoming season. You can follow me at, at Shortstop Ball. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 